Hi, welcome to the Still Loading Podcast. Today we have Jared Reyes. Hello. Jake Tracy. Yo. And Kaylee Fisher. Hi. Hey, Kaylee, tell us a little bit about yourself since you're new on the show. Yeah, totally. Um, well, my name is Kaylee. Um, I was born and raised um, locally here in Riverside. Um, grew up kind of going to church my whole life, kind of been in that sphere. Um, I went off to school. I went to UCLA and I graduated there with yeah, my degree did. in biology yeah. about two years ago. Wow. And um, I recently, uh, well, I moved back to Riverside. I got married. My husband's name is Jeremy. <laughs> He's also involved in Av. Um, he's the one playing guitar in a lot of the, um, the Av Church segment videos. He's a handsome man. Hey, I, like I mean, beard. I'm not going to lie. I think Real so Real quick. Too. Do you think he sounds like John Mayer sometimes? Don't like tell him voice. that. It'll boost his ego way too <laughs> Just much. think John Mayer next time you hear him. Sorry. <laughs> no, I love him. Um, and yeah, so I've been back here um, for about two years. I currently work at a restaurant and I'm trying to pursue my master's in public health. Nice. Yeah, so that's a little bit about me. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for being here, Kaylees. Thanks for that's having wonderful. me. Of wow. course, of course. Today we're talking about um, something that's I think should be talked about more, obviously. And it's about suicide, depression, and anxiety. And I know this month is Suicide Awareness Month. And so it's kind of relevant, obviously, to what's happening um, just today. And so I wanted to talk about that. And uh, the first thing that I would just want to ask you guys is why do you think uh, that it isn't talked about more often? Especially because it seems like a prevalent issue in a lot of people's lives. It's a good question. I don't know. Maybe... I'll speak for myself. Mm -hmm. like, that's what I can do right now. Uh, I, maybe because it's not so personal to me, right? Whereas there's a lot of people who it's very personal to. People have lost, I mean, obviously you've lost loved ones, you know, um, maybe even children. Like, So it's very personal and those are the people that need to have a voice in me. But for me, it's like, it's not so personal. So if there's times where, and this is not a good thing, I'm not saying this is a good thing, where it's easy to just kind of like not think about it for me you know which is why i'm glad we can have like conversations like this where it's like well let's let's bring it back up otherwise my daily life probably won't bring it up you know mm -hmm. so no that makes sense and i i've said this with everything like literally everything that we've talked about for all these social issues is um one is like an issue is only an issue until it lands in your backyard right and to not like stand on these issues, but walk with people. Cause when you're walking with people, you get to see their stories, get to hear where they're from. And I think that's an important thing to do. And you're right. It's, there's a lot of things that may not necessarily affect me, but it doesn't mean that it's not a thing. And specifically uh, with suicide, I know somebody who committed suicide, who, whom I've known for a long time um, last year. Right. Uh, and we're close, but not like we're hanging out, talking all the time. So it was definitely a heavy thing, but maybe not as heavy, of course, as like his family and, and all that, you know. But I think the one that rings more true for me is just like the anxiety and depression. I think that that's the one that a lot of people can really kind of get behind. But as we'll talk about today, I'm sure depression and anxiety really like lead to that ultimate uh, suicidal act, right? But yeah, I, I think you're totally right, Jake. And I think another thing is just appearing weak like people don't necessarily want to appear weak or like they let their guard down or i know myself i don't like being a burden on people exactly that's a huge one yeah, yeah. completely and it's interesting that jake you said that you feel like it's not as prevalent because it it doesn't impact you and it's funny because i feel like on the flip side as someone who's definitely struggled with both depression and anxiety that um it's that I don't want to burden everybody, but also because I want to, to appear normal. I want that appearance mm. of not having depression or anxiety. So I don't mm. want to bring it up in conversation yeah. or to other people. Um, and I know we're going to talk about this extensively, but especially as a Christian, I don't want to appear like I have, I struggle with these things. That you have um, a flaw. Exactly. God yeah. Forbid and you it's, have a flaw. <laughs> I know. Right. Exactly. But um, I don't know. I mean, of course, we'll, we'll talk about it, but I think there's such a stigma, especially with with Christians and depression and this idea of not being reliant on God or mm. um, you're depressed because you're not reliant on God. Um, so I think it's it's hard to bring it up in just 
I mean, it's hard to bring up in just casual day to day conversation in general, like, oh, hey, you know, I'm feeling depressed today. And everyone's like, oh, OK, so what are we getting for lunch? <laughs> like, That's true. You know, I don't right. know. That's kind of. Well, let's talk about that, especially because it's something that I think a lot of us have a hand in is just in Christian communities. Like why? Like what? What that question exactly? A lot of people think like, "Oh, you're depressed, or you have anxiety because you're not truly reliant on God, or you're not looking to Him for, um, for for life." You know, and I don't necessarily think that that's true. I think the last thing you want to do is try to tell someone that they're doing something wrong when they're, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I mean, not so much I would say severe, but there's obviously times where it's like, dude, I can't. Like I can't get myself together, you know, and I they're, yeah. they're, then there does follow like a, I don't for myself, I don't want to go as far to say depression because there's people that actually have it. I don't think I have depression, but there's times where it's like, dude, I'm, I can't get it together. The last thing I want to be told is like, it's because you're doing this wrong and this wrong and you need to be doing this. And it's like, I kind of just wanted you to like, listen to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, that's, I didn't really want an answer from you. <laughs> that's so interesting that you said that. So actually when looking kind of into um, just like biblical relations, like what is the Bible? Like where is depression mentioned in the Bible? Who's experienced it kind of um, Job obviously is a Mm -hmm. huge like character person in the Bible who experienced um, countless suffering, depression, those kind of things. And um, I was reading a commentary and the author mentioned that. So Job's friends attributed his suffering and depression to Job's own sin or something that Job did. Mm -hmm. And it's so like, it's so crazy that we, I mean, obviously that's been happening for what hundreds, thousands of years, like that people, that, that mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, the, the author made a point that pain and suffering are not due to disfavor with God, but the result of being in a world where um, sin and freedom of choice exist. And I thought that was a super interesting point. No, I, I agree. And it's always like, oh, if something's not going right, it's immediately. I know myself, too, is, oh, I'm doing something wrong. What am I doing wrong? And it's like that comes from growing up with the weird view of who God is, like this weird God's just out there to get me type of thing. But yeah, pe- people definitely still run with that. What do you got to say, Jerry? Um, I, can I think see your, just I can because, see your mind working. Yeah, no, it's just an interesting thing. So I think um, especially like my career field, like suicide is a big thing because law enforcement, you're not supposed to like talk about stuff. You're not, you're not really supposed to talk about how you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a very like macho man or even, you know, there's a lot of females in law enforcement too. They're supposed to have everything together and i think it's the it's very same with christianity it's the image of looking good um but it's hard like i remember so the big thing i kind of started thinking about when we uh you posted on the show notes was last year um it, even though it wasn't directly impacted by me i know it's circles and circles of people was um jared wilson you know who he was a a young adult pastor at harvest church um in riverside and he was about the same age as us right now and he committed suicide and some of my really good friends were close with him and it was kind of like waves. And I feel like as far as a young adult, Southern California, as far as like Christian kind of was like, Whoa, it's hard because like, that was one thing he was really a big advocate of like depression and anxiety and stuff like that. But I don't know. It's, I think it's really about looking good. And I think that was the number one thing for me when I felt like I was depressed or um, really anxious. Cause that stuff I have struggled with in the past. It was just, I need, I don't want anybody to know. Because if they do know, they're going to know that I'm messed up. And my biggest fear was that, shoot, they're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to think something, something's wrong with me or I got to get on medication or I got to be in counseling or therapy, which those things are bad things. They just have a bad, like negative stigma to them. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And we could even dive into that. There's a, there's just so many, like, it's a very nuanced conversation. You know, as we're talking, it's just things are unfolding and uh, it's like, oh, let's go this direction. Let's go that direction. So. Uh, but let's, let's talk about that a little bit, like the medication thing and thoughts on medication, thoughts on like getting help and seeking help because the same thing too, in Christian communities, it's, I saw this post and it's from his, I think it was from his post. It's like, it's okay to have Jesus and a therapist type of thing, you know? And it's the truth. I think that's so true. And with, let's talk about that, you know, medication. What do you guys think about medication and relying on that stuff and relying on God and all it is with that. <laughs> um, I think I'll, I'll tell you what I think. I think medication is good. Yeah. 
I think it's overprescribed in a lot of cases. Um, not all cases, not all cases by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but you know, I, it's insane to me that there's like Christian therapists and then there's Christians that say <laughs> you shouldn't have a therapist. And it's like, I literally studied how to biblically help, help you like navigate your anxiety and your, and whatever it is. Like I, I studied this, like, you know, and I think it's, it's silly to think that you shouldn't get help. You can't get help. That's absolutely. And whoever told you that was <laughs> the truth is wrong. And I would talk to them personally, but medication, man. Yeah. I think we've come a long way and I think that it's absolutely necessary for a lot of people and mm-hmm. for who knows what a bunch of different things. Um, me personally, I always, because I'm just skeptical about everything, I would, I would try to do everything I can in my power without it. And then if I have mm-hmm. to, okay, you know, but mm-hmm. that's just me personally. That is not me saying that's what you should do either, you know, mm-hmm. but I have, yeah, I have a bunch of different thoughts on it, I guess. Well, I think that is just true for kind of everything in life where, uh, you know yourself the best and God, like you need to have God in the picture in all these decisions and what may work for me may not work for you and vice versa, you know? And so that's, it really is. And it's okay. I think to have a conviction about that because it sounds like you do have a conviction. Well, I just want to cover my bases by saying it. Don't push yourself to absolute most outer limits before you're like, okay, I need to do something about this because it's okay to do it right away. You know, it's okay to get medication right away. It's okay to seek help right away. Exactly. Um, I'm just speaking my own personal because I think I'd like to believe that I'm, I like to believe and I could be wrong, but that I'm pretty self-aware and I know, okay, now is time. I can't do this anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. And luckily I haven't had to get to that point. But like you said, everybody's different. So I just don't want to kind of cover the bases and say like, Get help, get medication, do what you got to do if you need it, 100%. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I think this is, I mean, this is probably something I feel the strongest about. Mm-hmm. Um, just for a multitude of reasons, but I think something really important to remember with clinical diagnosed depressive disorder um, and, and what leading up to that de- depression feelings that lead up to that is a large driver of it is chemical imbalances in your brain and hormonal imbalances. Um, so people who have like clinical diagnosed depression and and take medication to treat that, um, it's literally their chemicals that are helping to, um, regain that balance, um, in your body. Um, and so I think that's something important to remember, like how, you know, we might take medication for different, um, areas of our body, like heart medication to help, um, against like potential heart attacks, those kind of things. Um, but a little bit beyond that, I think another reason it's something that I've, I've kind of, um, really realized over the years is when we pray, um, specifically over physical, mental issues, when we're in pain, um, we're asking for healing and for help. And I think this tangibly in real life can look like um, a lot of things. Access to resources, I think, most importantly, um, access to healthcare professionals, to therapists, to counselors, um, antidepressants, um, rehabilitation centers, education. Um, I think sometimes when we pray, we are looking for, or maybe we're thinking when we're praying for other people, we're looking for like miracle healing. Like, okay, the next day I'm going to wake up, I'm going to feel fine. Um, and I think nowadays more times than not, it doesn't look like that. So I think when God provides us with, um, access to go to a doctor and get prescribed medicine or access to go to a counselor or access to talk to someone who can help, um, alleviate the symptoms of depression, I think that's an answer to prayer. And I think that's really important to keep in mind when we talk about things like, um, taking medicine or going to the doctor, um, to help like heal physically Mm -hmm. heal. No. Yeah. I think one uh, story that I like is a good Samaritan story. And this is Jesus talking. He's telling the story, right? And he says the man, he was beaten, he was robbed. He's laying on the side of the road, left for dead basically. Right. Levi, the priest passed him and the good Samaritan passes by. And it says that he bandages him up and he pours like wine and oil on him, like for healing right? This is Jesus talking. This isn't Jesus saying like, 
oh my gosh you used wine and oil like to heal like how dare you not rely on me for it's it's like exactly like you said look at these tools these resources that you have and use them accordingly use them in the in the right manner and it could greatly help you it could greatly impact your life and i think that's that's just like another out of a million reasons a million ways to look at the good samaritan story but I remember when uh, I was researching some stuff as well. It's like that hit me. I was like, he is is a med kit. You know what I mean? He brought out a medical kit and he's patching the guy up. Mm. And this is Jesus saying (laughs) this, the son of God. (laughs) It's not like granted Paul. It's like everything's inspired by God, all the whole Bible, everything. But this is Jesus himself talking. It kind of doesn't get any clearer than that, you know? Yeah, I definitely think... Personally, I if, if if I were like clinically diagnosed, like yeah, I think there would be a chance where I'm like, all right, cool, maybe I should seek out medicine. I think a big thing, um, yeah, it's overprescribed, but I also think that people lean like they're too heavy on it, and not just saying like mental health meds. I would say a lot of other stuff. So, um, like when people talk about like high blood pressure or stuff like that, it's like okay, yeah, you're taking your medicine, but you're still eating at McDonald's five days a week. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of other aspects of your well-being. Mm-hmm. And maybe, like I said, this is maybe more personal bias. Like, I don't even – I'm not a really big fan of even taking, like, ibuprofen and I have a headache. I'm like, it's just a headache. It's not that big of a deal. Like, mm-hmm. you kind of got to get through some stuff like that. But, like, if you're if you're going through something, you should fix everything else. Try to work towards that. So, if you're feeling certain types of way, if you're dealing with a lot of stuff, well, if your diet sucks, fix your diet. Eat a little bit better. Stop eating fast food and top ramen every day. It's probably not the best for you. Mm-hmm. Drink more water. Get better sleep. Mm-hmm. Re- watch less TV. Reduce all your blue light. There's so much other things when it comes to just taking care of your well-being. Mm-hmm. Exercise. Exercise is, is so good for you. Um, I, I think it's great. I think it's one of the best things ever because it will drastically change your mood. You'll sleep better. You'll feel better. And you'll think more highly of yourself. Mm-hmm. But all those things kind of come together and then it's like, hey, like if you're fixing all those things, if you're if you're hitting all these things on the basis and then you're like, hey, let's throw something else in the mix. Let's throw like, oh, if it's mental health, medication for that or maybe it's for your body for, you know, high blood pressure or, you know, some saying, you know, in the fitness realm, if you're like, all right, I'm doing all these things right with my fitness, let's throw in a, a fat burner or these extra things to kind of boost my performance of my body. So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot when it comes to your well-being that people don't take care of. Um, I think people just live, you know, for lack of better words, they live like crap and then expect great results. It's just not going to happen. Well, that's the thing is like there's there's a there's a pill for everything now, you know? Right. I, have, I take a thing every single night because of my stomach overproduces acid, okay? Right. Every single night I take that thing and I make sure I take it. Actually, no, sometimes I don't and then I'm miserable <laughs> and I probably just throw up, ask Raina. But, <laughs> but it's like one of those things where I've become like dependent on this thing and he's right because I haven't changed my diet. I'm still going to drink coffee, which is highly acidic. I'm still going to do everything that I shouldn't do. I'm still going to do, right? And um, But I want to. I, I think I want to agree with that because it's like my, what I was referring to is the people that you're referring to is kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of bummed out or this season of life is hard or I'm stressed. It's like, well, let's let's get some things in order first. Then there's the others who are there's literally chemicals in their brain that are imbalanced. Yeah. You have, that's absolutely. Yes. Right. Um, but yeah, it's also a fine line, man. I, I don't want to claim to have answers, to have all the answers. I kind of just am speaking my opinion from what I can tell. Um, and I'm okay if someone comes in and tells me how wrong I am. That's okay. It's just how I feel right now. It's a part of learning, right? Yeah. I think I've seen like both sides of the coin where people have, cause I know like people who are very, very close to me who have, actually been you know they've been medicated they're on medication and it works for them and it helps them and sometimes they stay on it and other times they kind of wean off it and they don't use it anymore the other end of the spectrum where people were heavily like they're so reliant on their medication for the mental health and then they detox from it and they seek alternative solutions and i'm not i'm not like one way or the other i'm not like you definitely need medication and i'm not like oh go see a, a shaman or something stuff like that in that realm i think there's a healthy balance where Know when you need it. Don't rely too much heavily on it. But yeah, I think, you know, take your mental health seriously. Well, I think um, chemical imbalances, absolutely. That's mm-hmm. I can't, You can't control that. I can't control that. 
you know, it's, there's just something going off, but yes, there are two sides to every coin. And, um, I think even just talking about it right now is probably relieving, I'm sure to maybe people listening who feel like, you know, maybe, maybe they're leery about doing it. And now they're thinking like, okay, I'm gonna try exercising and waking up early and going to bed for a little bit. If that's not working, let's see what's going on. And maybe there's people who have tried it all and it's just not working. And they hear this and they could say like, Hey, you know what? It like, let's do this. Cause they don't feel so awful for taking medication. I think that's like the best way to put it is just somewhere in the middle. Right. You, and like I said earlier, um, it's okay to get help right away. hundred percent, but only you and God know truly like individually, I don't know what's best for everybody. I'm not a doctor. I'm not any of that. Yeah. I'm not, a professional in that sense. And so I think just both sides either way to this conversation. And if you're listening and you're maybe in one of those boats, like it's kind of what the whole like suicide and depression and uh, month is about. And cause like that statement, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. And it's okay yeah. to be in either side of those boats, you know, and um, whatever is your conviction, whatever is on your heart, whatever is what you're going through. Like it's okay to, to get help in a medical way and maybe you're like, no, I want to keep pushing. Like, I feel like I got it within me. Then go for that too, you know, but yeah. don't, I would say just not knock out either one. You know, it's not, yeah, there's no right or wrong. Answer. You know, it's, it's do what you need to do, man. Yeah. Well, uh, I think what the, one of the key things we've been missing when we're talking, especially about if like those feelings of depression, like, Oh, I feel like, depressed today and and it's like you're trying all these things and you're trying to like okay I'm, I'm gonna wake up early and I'm gonna eat well like you're doing all these things I think a, a key thing um and maybe we can talk more about this is having talking to other people about it and Absolutely. bringing accountability into your life and having a safe space or safe people a safe community that you could go to and feel that you can go to and be like hey like I'm, you know, I just need accountability. It's like, will you go to the gym with me? Um, or, Hey, I've just really feeling really down today. Can, can we have a conversation about it? Um, I think for me personally, that's one of the things I struggle the most with is feeling comfortable talking to other people about it or, or bringing it up for mm -hmm. what you said earlier, Dan, not wanting to be a burden on other people. Mm -hmm. Um, not wanting to appear weak, wanting to make it look like my life is all together when it's really not, you know, all of these things come into play, but having someone and being someone that people can come to, I think mm -hmm. is so important. Yeah. I think, um, somebody in the, in the Bible is who I think of is Elijah. Mm. And so he's doing all the Lord's work. He's handling the business, just bringing down fire, right. Making fools of all the other people who worship false idols. And Jezebel says, if, you're not dead by tomorrow. Like let the God strike me down. And he gets afraid and he runs and he's killing it for the Lord. Basically, you know, he's doing his thing and then he runs and then he sleeps under a tree and he says, oh, I just want to die. <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy how fast like that, that switch flipped. And then, so from there he journeys 40 days and 40 nights even further. So here's this guy who's on the run. He's just journeying 40 days, 40 nights by himself and then he finds himself in a cave alone. And as, as soon as he gets there, God's, God tells him, like, what are you doing in here? Like, what are you doing? And I, uh, to me, I see that as, like, he's saying he wants to die. He's depressed. You know, he's just, he's spent. He's emotionally spent. Everything's exhausted like he's done. And he goes into isolation. And that doesn't help that situation at all. God doesn't tell him, like, okay, good, stay here in isolation and, and just pray with me. He, he's like, hey, go anoint this person for this, go anoint this person for that. And basically he's like, get back around people, get back on task for what my will is for you. This is God talking and have that mission again, like have that task. And I think, um, like you said, the community aspect of it is so important. Being around people is so important because when you're isolated, dude, that's when the darkest thoughts come. When you're isolated, that's when the evilest, weirdest thoughts come. And it's important to, yes, be held accountable. Like it's okay to talk about it with somebody and, and be that person who, who opens that door maybe for somebody else. And I think what helps out with that is having your tasks, you know, 
having something where, and I remember uh, my friend Nick was talking to me about this about three weeks ago or a month ago. Um, he was saying, dude, if you just set one task for yourself every day, and once you do that, you're good. Like, but just set that one task for yourself every day because it gives you a reason to like, I need to get this done. I need to wake up and get this done. And he's like, and if that task is reading a comic book, like that's okay. Because when he's like, when you're in it, you're in it, dude. And it's tough. And don't try to be like, all right, my task is to build a wooden shed today. There's a reason why I think there's, a, I, I'll pull up the statistic in a second, but among like the retired community, people that retire, there's very high depression rate and like even mm-hmm. I think suicides too. I don't, don't quote me, but I think it's because it's like you wake up and there's just like no sense of purpose. Yeah. Like now what? Well, no routine, yeah. no routine, no like goal, like, you know, and I, I can totally see. So I, even without being that conversation, I can tell it's like that for sure. Like I need something to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and a little bit tangentially, but Related to, I mean, productivity. I think we live in a society that really values and pushes for productivity. And um, I, at least I feel, and I think a a big source of anxiety for me comes from feeling um, unproductive or feeling like I'm not getting enough done. And, Mm. And social media, I mean, obviously you can see what everyone else is doing with their days and their lives. And you're like, oh man, this person is like... Um, they're being so productful. And for me, productivity equates to success. And so then this, it turns into, oh, this person's being productive. They're successful. Their life is successful. They're, they're doing these great things. And I mean, that stems from go like being in college and, and feeling like a constant failure all the time. Cause everyone around me is succeeding or they're off to do great things in life. And, you know, feeling like, okay, if I don't become this, if I don't do this with my day, if I don't become this person, if I don't have this profession, if I don't get this grade, then I'm a failure. And a big source of those depressive and anxious feelings stem from that, Mm -hmm. from this idea that we need to to be something um, bigger than we are or might be. Um, And so just that's such a good idea, like having like, okay, just like one thing that you can focus on doing, um, two things, three things, just a small list of, you know, I do this and, and feeling okay with that. You know, it's okay to not like (laughs) be Superman or Superwoman or accomplish like, you know, all of these X, Y, Z things. Um, no, I agree hundred percent. I was going to say, because I just, uh, let's be quick. I promise. Wait, I'm asking him to that, uh, (laughs) is going back to, you said, like getting back to on task with what God's will is for your life. Mm-hmm. That is crucial to what you're saying, because I think we get caught up in my life needs to look something like theirs, 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 or theirs. Yes, totally. But you know, sometimes that's not the case, right? God for you could is way different than God is for me as far as purpose and will. Right. Oh, for and sure. I think you have to be in sync with what God is trying to do in your life to be able to look at everything else and be like, Oh, that's cool. But like, I'm going this way. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm glad you're going this way, but I'm going this way. And they're both are good. Nothing's wrong with either one of them. Nothing's, they're both good, but it's different, you know? And I think that we get caught up in our societal standard of success. And, um, this is what being driven looks like. This is what success looks like. And it's a, it's just a lie. It's just a comparison that none of us can really, you know, keep up with, you know, cause we're against each other. <laughs> yeah. And I think with what you guys are talking about, the comparison plays so strongly into, uh, in my opinion, like depression and anxiety. And because you're holding up this measuring stick that is not anything to your life at all. You know, it has nothing to do. Like there's people's lives, like you said, um, that are happening. People are doing things and you don't have to be that. And it's okay to not have to be that. And there's times, and I think getting back on like uh, God's tasks for your life, right, is that there are going to be seasons. And I think understanding this is it's crucial that there are going to be times where it feels like nothing is happening or God's asking you to do something so mundane that it feels like you have no purpose, but he's doing so much work behind the scenes in your life. I don't know, this popped into my head, but when God uh, asked Moses to speak to the rock for water, in my opinion, especially because Moses was doing great things, right? And he's like, oh, speak to that rock so you could get water. 
I would in my head be thinking, are you kidding me, God? Like, this is ridiculous. It should just be, I could cast water out of here. You know, I've done it. Like, let's, let's do this again, you know? And I think that comparison kind of plays into that where he's seen what God has done. He's seen what, uh, what God's done through him. And he's like, what the heck? Like, what do you mean speak to the rock? No, that's dumb. That's ridiculous. This sucks. People are complaining like this is awful. But there God is saying, speak to the rock, dude. And I think that speak to the rock moment in our life could lead us downhill if we don't understand uh, that there is a God who's bigger than it all, though, who has this uh, intricate plan that this is just a tiny portion of it. This what may seem so mundane or or at a standstill, like like I said, God is doing so much um, in your life, even during those times. Yeah, I think especially right now during, you know, COVID and everything like that, um, we're kind of we're kind of freaking out. I think everyone's kind of you know, a lot of people have lost their jobs or a lot of people aren't working as much and they feel they feel like they're going through a lot because they're like, what do I do now? And that's a lot of their sense of purpose where their work or what they fill their time day to day with stuff like that. So I know, um, especially with, you know, our mutual friend, Nick, like that was a big thing. He lost his job right off the bat and he was, he was really like all about it and he was doing pretty well in it. So he had to like find time to, it's like, what do I do now? And I think a lot of us are kind of there, but I think that contributed a lot of uh, depression when I was younger. So like right when I graduated from college, I didn't get into the uh, career field I wanted right away, which is okay. It's pretty normal for what I do. But, you know, fresh out of college, hot shot. I was like, you know, I just finished my degree. I was like, I'm ready for, I'm ready for the real world. And then it was a struggle. It was kind of getting there. So I placed a lot of who I was into what I did. Um, but then I really didn't, I didn't realize that who I am, it's not dictated by what I do. It's how God views me and, and who he's that's made big. me to be. And that's like something I had to really fix and do a paradigm shift because it's like, if I don't, if I'm not a cop in the next year, then I'm a failure. And in my mind, I was a failure. I didn't, I wasn't happy with who I was. And this is just downhill, downhill. And it was going through a lot, a lot, a lot. So it's sad to see we compare ourselves and we really let society's standards dictate how we act and, uh, what we choose to do or how we feel about ourselves. Like just how Kaylee's was saying, um, if you don't do X amount of things in a day, you're a failure. It's like, sometimes I'm like, you know, I, I, why am I watching TV? Why am I not reading a book? Why am I not reading a book and then running six miles and doing this? And sometimes I'm like, I have to be doing something 24 seven or I feel like a failure. Mm -hmm. And that makes me all depressed too. Cause I start feeling bad about myself. Yeah, dude. It's just this spinning wheel of going 24 seven and never giving yourself like a mental break, you know? And I, in times of depression and anxiety, that's when like your mind's going at a million miles a minute, you know? And it's so important that it, it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to take a second to rest and breathe. And you don't have to be like everybody else out there, do what they're doing or be as far along. That's like the beauty of who God is, is that he's telling a story through each and every one of his, his in, the individuals that he's created and that is unique to you and that's pretty cool to me you know even uh the depths the dark parts is he's going to use all of that still uh in, in the story uh in the book of who god is you know and i think that's just important just maintaining task and it's just a practical thing to uh to combat anxiety um depression because like we were talking about earlier is when you get in that isolation and you just, that's when your thoughts go wild. That's when you think you're a failure. That's when you think you're not getting enough done. That's when um, you, those thoughts of like, I'm going to kill myself, like, cause I'm not getting anything done. I'm going to, I'm going to end it. That's when those thoughts come, you know? And I know it's hard to find people who are going to be with you 24 seven. Right. But just talking about those things is so important and it, it's just good for the soul. I, uh, I had a conversation with a friend today and they set an alarm for three o'clock when I get off work and just calls me at three because I sit in traffic on my way home. And so I'm talking to this, this person and he, you know, they're venting and they're, it's like, there was so much that came out that I was like, dude, how did you even fit all of that? Like in here? And I, I, I was telling him, I said, it's impossible for you to receive what's happening, process what's happening, try to compartmentalize what's happening and 
reacts to what's happening. Like all the, you cannot do that by yourself. And I was like, exhibit A, you just like unloaded on me. Um, and I say that to say that, um, it is like the, the isolation aspect of it is so important because if you, me, myself, if I'm by myself and something gets in my head, I'm going to take it to a place that it never was intended to go. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I like need someone to talk me down. Like, no, that's actually not what's true. What's true is this. You brought it up here. You know, you brought it way too, you know, exaggerated. And I think we can all do that. And we need people that can keep us uh, grounded and keep us like, okay, here's what's actually true. You might be feeling this, but here's what's true. Here's what's true about you. Here's what's true about the situation. Right. Like, and I think we need that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh, isolation so is oof. totally. I think we need those people who will set us straight, but we also need those people who we can just vent to as well. Oh yeah. Just let it out. And if you're one of those people that has to interject or like people can't be fixed all the time, you just need to let them sit. So like one thing I had, I used to have a really bad problem with was I wasn't a really good listener. Like people would say, be talking to me and it could be like Dylan He's like, Oh man, just, I'm so frustrated. It's like, Oh, well the reason you're acting like that is because this, what you should do <laughs> is this. <laughs> and that's like the last thing anybody wants to hear. Mm-hmm. And if you're one of those people who just, Stop talking. Stop talking for a minute. You learn that in marriage pretty quick. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But no, it, it's such a good, good it's such a good like habit to form is just sit down, stop talking, and let someone else just go. And by the time they're done, you didn't have to say one word. They're like, Oh my gosh, I feel so much better. Cause they just needed to talk. Mm-hmm. Just needed to let it out. But True. yeah, everybody needs those people. Well, that let's, group. Let's uh let's go into that a little bit because how because you brought it up earlier too, being a person who is like, has the door open for people for that. So it's like, okay, how do you, I guess, kind of blend that? Like, how do you blend the, like when to listen or when you should be like knocking on that door? Like, Hey man, like what's going on? Like I, 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 I've noticed that you've been really isolated. I've noticed you've been even posting weird stuff, whatever it, whatever it may be, just like what's going on. So like, what is the balance of that? You know, because I think, yes, absolutely. There's a time to listen, but there's also times where, like you said, you need to get set straight or even just be pried on a little bit, you know, pry on, open the door a little bit. So how do you, how do you guys gauge that in your individual lives? You know, I, I think, guess we could start first on an individual yeah. level within your friendships. I think I've literally said this. I said, this sometimes like if, if Raina is going to vent to me, my wife is venting to me. I say, do you want me just to listen or are you asking me? <laughs> She'll be like, just listen. Okay, go ahead. And then I'm ears at that point. But I'm like legit, just like, is this, you'd rather me just listen and not, you're not looking for answers, right? Mm-hmm. Or what I think or my opinion or anything. She says, no, I just want you to listen. That's helpful. And it sounds really like a, I don't know, like how, I don't know, what's the word, cheesy or whatever. But dude, there's been too many times where it's like I've given answers and it's been like, I'm not looking for answers, you know? Mm-hmm. On the flip side of of that is it's kind of like that conversation I had today where I'm like, crying and I'm because again in the context of relationship where I know this person and I know that I can say hey uh you're not who you usually are you're not yourself right now or you're not being you know what I know God wants for you and I love you enough to tell you that we need to talk about it and we need to get into it and again not to fix anything but just like we need to get into this because Mm -hmm. I love you enough and I I care that you are at the potential I know God has for you and Mm -hmm. I think it's one of those things where we think it's a thinner line than it is Mm -hmm. and most people are very receptive and want to talk about it and are begging for someone to just say like are you really okay Mm -hmm. and like you can really tell me if you're not you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I think reaching out I mean is like such a huge first step not always waiting for people to come to you but just like checking up on people, um, even just starting off in a casual sense. Like I know (laughs) I am very notorious for not responding to text messages, which is awful. And it's, and it's something that it stems, (laughs) it's funny that we're talking, it stems from (laughs) like a social anxiety, but regardless of that, it's, you know, it's something that I recognize in myself. Like I need to be better about because when, when you don't, talk to people for days on it, like reaching out to someone and being like, Hey, how are you doing? Or remembering a certain thing like, Oh, I know you started a new job today. Or I know you had this big thing coming up. Um, wishing like, just like checking in and remembering little things about people's lives, like letting people know that you care about them, I think can start to bridge that gap of how do we go from, I think 
this person is feeling depressed or anxious, but I don't know how to talk to them about it. I don't know how to make them feel comfortable. Starting off with like really being truly invested in someone's life, um, even just through little things, I think is so important. Like we just need to be checking up on the on on people, um, like making sure we're all okay. Because <laughs> there's yeah. a good chance on any given time someone is not feeling great. No, you know, hundred percent. I think that's. What you, you guys both said is very, very powerful. And it, it, I'm finding that just about every answer to almost every issue that we've talked about, I, at least on this podcast, has so much to do with like building relationships with people. Absolutely. And intentionally doing it. Like what an amazing... Yeah, making time for people. Yeah, you know, it's like who would have thought in the Christian community where Jesus came down to make and build relationship with us that mimicking that and replicating that would do such an amazing thing. I think we overcomplicate it. That's why. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's true. You know, I think we overcomplicate what a relationship is, but it's like a call. Oh, I'm sitting in traffic. (laughs) You know, it's the world of a difference. I think 100%. And we talked about this a little bit too, and because you're talking about checking up on people, but how your friend sets that alarm, like set a reminder in your phone, like, oh, I'm going to text this person this week or I'm going to call this person this week because, and you said it too, is a lot of people are searching for that. A lot of people are ready for that. You know, it just takes that initial point of contact to to create something bigger. Like I know Jerry, Jerry's very good at telling when something's wrong with me for whatever reason. There. Dude, back in the day, I remember you used to be like, whoever was feeling bad though, you'd be like, there's something wrong with this person. I could just feel it. Yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? And it was like nine out of 10 times, you just hit it on the head. It's crazy. You need to hop back into that, brother. Hey, huh? <laughs> but that <laughs> brings up such a good point, like of being aware of our surroundings and how people around us are feeling. I think we can, and especially if you're experiencing depression and anxiety, you can get so wrapped up and and back to the isolation thing like so Mm -hmm. in your head and so just like separating yourself from other people but Mm -hmm. I know for me something that truly helps is like getting out of my own bubble and like seeing Mm -hmm. what's going on around me and not just focusing on my own life and that's just a relief to not focus on like every single thing that's going on but just like being aware of how people are feeling um like it's not all about me you know and Mm -hmm. trying to get out of that mindset of it's like you know, like somebody might be struggling really hard and harder than me right now. And like, as, and like, I need to care about that. And that is worth caring about and pursuing. I agree with that. I think when we serve other people, we're at like our best, like we're at our best just in general. Definitely, It's like God has in, ingrained it in us. It's, it's in us to serve other people. So yeah, I think, um, when when we're so focused on ourselves, because it is re- like anxiety depression is something that's it's all about you it's all about you mm-hmm. and um i'm not saying to not take care of yourself but also realize man i need to take this and put it outside of me you know i need to focus on something that is not me to maybe shed some light on something that i'm not seeing you know i don't know jerry like i feel like jerry could shed some light on this because I know you enough to to know that you get really in your head from time to time. Yeah. I think as like we've stated on this show before, like I know me, you know, I'm a, I'm a melancholy or if you're an Enneagram person, I'm like a, a three wing four, you know, if you haven't know what that is, if you don't look it up, it's a good little read. Nice. But I am really, I I get really, really deep in my feelings. And when I do, I kind of lose track of where I am and Mm -hmm. And everything like that. Everything around you, right? Yeah. And it could could happen. Like I could be in the middle of a conversation. And the last thing I'm thinking about is anything that Dylan has to say or anybody that's in front of me is speaking because I'm like, I'm so worried about this problem. And it's a very, it's very self-centered. And I've said this before, it's a very selfish thing because it's like, if I don't take care of this, nobody's going to help me. Like nobody's just they're not going to do it. And it's it's sad because you get to that point where you're so sad, you're so depressed, you're so anxious, where you're like, it's just me. Mm. And like that's one thing I feel like I have like a, a symptom I guess I've had a lot is I just get lonely. Like part of mm. my like I guess depression is I just get really, really lonely. I feel so like by myself. Mm. And when I have like 
great friends. I have a great family who I, I'm, you know, very fortunate to live with because I, I save money on rent. Um, but nice. I also have, you know, I have a great girlfriend who will check on me and ask me how I'm feeling all the time. So it's, it's a weird thing. But I think one thing you need to make sure and do is uh, just remember you're not alone. It text that person. Like if you if you need help or if you need to talk to somebody, yeah, there are going to be people like if I know if Dylan's sad or if I know any of these guys sad, I'll shoot them a text. But one thing you need to do is if you need to take that hard look, um, self-reflect and just remember that you need to talk to somebody. Like mm-hmm. you really need to go say, hey, I need help. Whether you have a group of people or just one person, you need to reach out because it's going to change. It's going to change a lot for you. Mm-hmm. I think that's very important because reaching out to people and doing all that just kind of builds that culture of reaching out to people, right? Because if if you're the one to do it within your friend group, I, I, I mean, we probably all have group chats that we're in, right? With different friends, whatever it may be. And sometimes you get it in a, a chat where it's like, it's none of that. It's just memes being sent back and forth over and sometimes. over, which is hilarious. It's great, you know, but I think, uh, what gets lost is like the vulnerability and, and like the, what's really going on in life. And, uh, being that person, say you are in a good state, a good mental state, um, be that person like to everybody around you. You know, because what you're doing is you're planting seeds. You're planting uh, something to be grown, like a culture of, hey, I'm going to talk about real issues. I'm going to talk about um, what's really going on in my life rather than just like, oh, we're just going to get around and make fun of people and talk trash on whatever it is. And no, it's there's a time and place for that. Totally. hundred percent. I'm not saying it's always got to be terrible or this or that but it's important you know to to talk about these things and i think um it's a lost art i think it's a lost art to talk about what's really going on in your life i know for me it is i don't know it might be easier for you for you guys but i know uh when i really get into it when i'm like really in the pits man i don't talk about it at all you know same (laughs) <laughs> it's almost good to set time aside to do that or like certain people like I would say myself when I f- when I feel very overwhelmed with feelings like my first thought is I need to go grab my journal like I, I have to write I have to get it out or that or if I'm somewhere else I don't mm. have a journal like well my journal I have one um, <laughs> I will literally grab my phone and I'll just be sitting there and I'm like oh gosh I need five minutes and I'll go to the restroom and I'll just sit on my notes my mm-hmm. notes app on my iPhone and just type away and like just that kind of makes me feel like I get out of control. And then there was a, a cool minute where I literally would, I get so overwhelmed with my feelings. I had to sit and like, I had to walk away from people and kind of process because if I didn't, I was going to freak out. Like I just didn't know how to maturely and um, appropriately express myself. Mm-hmm. You know, and it sounds kind of weird, but I just couldn't, I knew I was like in my mind, I was freaking out. It was like mm-hmm. the SpongeBob, you know, episode where he's just mm-hmm. dumping everything in the fire. Like that mm-hmm. was me. But I had to kind of figure out, my all right, how do I process this? Mm-hmm. And then eventually you get better and better with it. But I think journaling is probably one of the most underutilized tools. Most people don't realize that they should be journaling. I have, like, have you guys ever, because I'm sure we've all, like, written stuff down, right, and journaled it at some point in our life. Um, you, like, have find an old journal and you're like, man, God, thank you for bringing me out of that time, you know? Yes. And I yeah. think that's even a huge part to to who to what mental health is is remembering those victories, you know? Remembering those peaks because there are going to be valleys, uh, absolutely. But just when you're when you feel that coming on or it's you just feel like, "Oh my gosh, I don't know what to do." And um I'm not talking about like the chemical imbalance part of things cuz that's just a body thing, you know, that's a brain thing. Um, but when those things are going, it's important to remember those, those peaks, like the times, the things that God has got you through the things that, um, you thought you wanted so badly, remember, but writing it down and thanking God, like, Oh man, I'm glad that that didn't happen. Actually. Like preach, I think it's super important for just your mental well being and, um, who we are as people to journal, like you said, but then also like look back at these things and see how far you've come. You know, be able to take a step back and be like, man, I 
we've come pretty far. Like this isn't the time to give up now, you know? I think it's something that helps um, just in the long run. Yeah. I feel like writing is good because you you don't write words unintentionally, you know? And I think we can speak things and we can just kind of throw things out. But when you write, it like forces you to, okay, what do I actually want to say? You know, what am I actually trying? What am I actually feeling? Because you're not going to write blabber, you know, you're going to write what you're feeling. And um, I think it's a good tool to get it out, but also to process what it actually is. You know, that's uh, at least that's been my experience with, with journaling. Yeah, I, like I literally have journals. I threw them away because they're awful. But were, I would, I'm, like, I seriously wrote down, like, I effing hate myself. Like, stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? That's, like, legit. Just over and over in the journal, I was just, I thought so low of myself at that point in time. But it's just crazy to look back at, you know? I just, like, always bring, whenever I talk about, like, anxiety or, like, uh, I don't know, like, disorder or chaos, I always just think about, I tell people, like, just read what David wrote in like in the Psalms, like read his Psalms. They were, they were like, God, you have been so faithful and blah, blah, blah. And the next one is like, my enemies are swarm surrounding me and want to kill me. It's like, mm-hmm. that's hey, so dude. funny that <laughs> you said that I literally have a Psalm open right now. Okay. From yeah. And it's, I f- it's so relevant. I mean, this is, it's, so it's Psalm 42 verse five, um, or the whole Psalm 42 is kind of a lament of, um, David in, in a really like depressive episode. Honestly, like he's word. in this low and he says, why are you down cat or why are you cast down? Oh, my soul. And why are you in turmoil within me? The next line, hope in God for I shall again, praise him, my salvation and my God. And that's wild. it's like the same stanza stanza. What was that? That's just like the same like breath. Oh, in the <laughs> same, no, literally in the same exact verse. Yeah. And it's so, I feel like that's the perfect description of we get into these, these valleys and these feelings and, and we call out and, and David's calling out to God and, and he's writing thing, these things down. And then the same breath, he's able to see ahead and be like, you know what? I feel this way now, but hope in God, because I know I'm going to praise him again. Things are going to get better eventually. And that's like, oh my gosh, when I read that, I was like, Mind blown. This is amazing. <laughs> but it's always so. It's also so cool, especially when you look at like David's stuff. But there's a very, there's a very strange beauty in the sadness and the darkness, where it's there's a lot of a uh, there's a lot of growth that comes from it. You know, there's a lot of growth. Where, you know, in those dark seasons, you're like, oh man, like so much is going wrong, and this is so bad. Or I wouldn't like I said for me, I wouldn't say I was like clinically depressed, but I went through a good like three months span where I was like down and then I was up and then another three months where I was just down. It was just a big chunks of time. But like those times where I look back, I'm like, man, like there was so much progress that was made. There was so much time I spent with the Lord just crying out for help for days and weeks. And then eventually I'm like, Oh wow. Like this is kind of going good again. And you just learn so much about yourself from it. But yeah, it's kind of weird to think about, but I don't know. I think there's a, a strange beauty in it. Yeah, there's definitely a vulnerability mm-hmm. too that where that growth comes from both um I feel like in your relationships and with God for sure. Like I think especially just um I'll I'll be married a year and uh, next month in October, so it's almost Ooh, been a year. Wow. <laughs> Which is crazy. Time flies, man. But um <laughs> but I think like especially I mean in light of like um COVID this whole year and just like first year being married and those kind of things, like having like going through those like really depressive feelings and those really low moments, um, with someone is like, you're right. You're so right. There's so much growth to be had in that. And there's so much, you just really like that other, my spouse, Jeremy, he really like got to learn who I was as a person and just, um, and, you know, helped, helped me through that time and, and reminded me to, um, to like turn, turn towards God in these times. And just like, I think in your, you're so right in your lowest of lows, I think you can have like the most amount of growth, um, personal and with the people around you for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. I said, were you going to say something? Um, I was going to say, kind of going back to the, the David thing. All I was going to say was that if you read those, what it does is it reminds you that you're okay and that you're not alone. It reminds you that mm-hmm. for however long people have been doing this as well, um, and you're not by yourself. You're not the first one to be dealing with what you're dealing with. You're not going to be the last one. Um, 
But, and that's one of the things that I took from reading those was like, okay, this is not unusual. You know, this is not mm-hmm. out of the blue or out of the ordinary. This yeah. is a thing and I can get through it. You know? Well, even like David was like one of the godliest of men, right? And he still even experienced yeah, those things. Yeah, he was things, a man after know? God's own heart. Exactly. So yeah, sad. exactly. So, you know, no one is immune to yeah, exactly. these feelings. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. But then you have those people, oh, you're not relying on God. That's why you're sad. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is your strength. Just true, but there's no but to it, but (laughs) no, I think uh, (laughs) something just to go along with that. I forgot I had it written down. It's Proverbs 14, uh, 13. It talks about like even laughter hides the pain of the heart. And that to me is like beautiful. Like that is so true because, um, there could be pains and things going on in your heart and there could be stuff that hides it all. And it's not like you were talking about. David was a man after God's own heart, especially after Saul just ruined everything, you know, and um, he's a man after God's own heart, but here he is just grieving, grieving beyond belief. And he was, he was a man after God's own heart. Um, But pains do come. They, you, no one is immune to any of it. And I think, uh, just going along what we're talking about too, when all this growth happens and stuff, and I think especially, um, because of COVID, we all have this idea, this mentality that I think we really need to get past in my opinion is things aren't going to go back to normal in the way that they look like before. Like, but also I don't think God wants them to go back to normal. I think God wants and is showing and me things and I'm sure showing all you guys things and growing you through things that you're taking with you. And I know I'm grateful for that. I'm not the person who I was six months ago, a month ago, even like, dude, oh my gosh, I was in the the absolute dumps. I'm like, I like stick my head out of the trash can now. I'm still not all the way out, <laughs> but dude, I was just, I was just in there completely. And I don't think having this, this mindset of just like, Oh, when everything goes back to normal, like then I'll start growing again. Then I'll start being good again. It's like, yeah, the growing happens in these down moments, in these moments where it's like, this is brutal right now, you know? And in the same breath, you could find yourself, um, just super downtrodden and then also worshiping God at the same time. And I think you said earlier, there is something beautiful about that, you know? the brokenheartedness, the pain that comes in the same line, the same breath as worshiping God. It's beautiful. Jordan Peterson says this great, and this is like his premise for just about everything. And he says, life inherently is suffering, right? All of us are going to experience loss. We're going to experience pain. We're going to experience stress. We're going to experience failure. We're going to experience life inherently is suffering. Mm-hmm. And he said, and he kind of goes on to talk about how you can find joy and you can do the thing, you know, the practical things to kind of navigate. But where I think the logic kind of ends and where God comes in is right in that space where it's like, okay, we understand that we're in the middle of suffering and here's how we can find joy. You know, here's how, here's where God comes in to say, you know, you know, this is hard. This is tough. I understand that it's tough. I'm there with you. This is why I say count it joy when you face these things, because I understand they're here. But you can count it joy. I've given you the freedom to not have to stay in this space. You know what I mean? Um, and that's, you know, it's a very hard place, a very difficult thing to, to get to. But it's a it's a hope, you know, and it's a it's something we can reach for. And that's I like that, you know, it's just like the refinement of uh, your character and like what God's trying to do through you, you know, and there's a, there's like, we've talked about, there's so much that goes into this conversation, but ultimately know that God is growing you. God is doing something with you. And yes, life is suffering. Um, there's tough times and it's like how we react to those things that truly builds character, you know, Mm. and then whether you react to them with just cleaning up the diet, exercising, or taking a meta- antidepressant or both at the same time. Like you're, as long as you're following the will of God, you're on the right path, you know? Yeah. And I think that's super important just to life in general. Well, I think it's like, I think something I'm, I'm guilty of is just remembering that God is bigger than depression and anxiety and, 
you know, I think going back to everything we've been saying about how we get so caught up in our own selves and, and we're isolated and, and it's so hard to reach out. And when we cry out to God, I think when I do that in those moments, I'm so wrapped up in, I can't handle this. I can't do this. And not realizing that God can and God will, um, you know, he like Jesus literally experienced like that loneliness, that utter loneliness on the cross and that depression of like, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he overcame that. And God is bigger than all of that. And just remembering that, I mean, it's like easier said than done, right? Remembering those things. But I mean, it's, it's something that I need to remind myself of daily, you know? Mm -hmm. Just renewing your mind daily and focusing on the greatness of who God is. Exactly. It's just, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's because you wish you had more answers. You wish you had solid, like, here's what you do. But yeah, you wish there was an X, Y, and Z. Yeah, and there's just not. There's not. Mm-hmm. There's a, a spider web full of things to think about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I think just even what time is it? Six thirty. I think even just we could close on that. Just what Kaylee said is just remember. Like it's important to bring God in and focus on the greatness and how big He is, and remember that your problems, while they might be everyday things, or they're not important or they're just burdensome. Like to God, that's, that's everything, you know, to otherwise Jesus wouldn't have came down to die for it, for me, for you, for, for you, for you. It's all of these, these issues, these problems, these things we're facing in life. Jesus did carry it all when he descended the throne room of, of heaven, you know, and he's, he decides I'm going to leave this place and I'm going to go join these people here and experience their suffering, experience their pain, their hunger, their depression, their anxiety. Jesus experienced probably the most anxiety in the world where he's sweating blood. There's blood coming from his pores because he is so stressed out. He's so full of anxiety because of what he's about to do for humanity by going up on the cross and dying. And that is just like one of the most beautiful things in the entire world that he would give his life human form human form, completely man, completely God. He felt every whip, every nail, every beaten bone, every everything. He felt it all for me, for you. And that is just like, it's beautiful to me. And I don't know, I just like when you're talking, I almost started getting emotional just thinking about the, um, the impact, the weight of what Jesus did for us because he did experience that loneliness Throughout all of eternity, him and God face to face, one on one with the Creator, hand in hand, and God turned away. And I can get emotional right now, <laughs> and yeah. I probably will. But he's just like felt all that pain, all that suffering, all that anxiety. And where was God? He had to turn away because of sin, because of what was happening. But Jesus knew that he was going to carry forward with it. In an instant, he could have snapped his finger, been off the cross, been done, took everybody out but he didn't. And I think that's just, like you said, it's important to realize and understand because God went through the anxieties, the depressions, the things in human form through Jesus. So he knows what you're going through. He knows what's going on. He knows your heart better than I do, better than Jake does, better than Jared, better than Kaylee says. He knows each and every one of our individual hearts better than we do. And I think it's important to bring in the greatness of who God is and the impact that Jesus had on the cross for all of our anxieties, all of our depressions. Cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you, right? All your anxieties on him, he cares for you. And I think that's just, I don't know, it's just such a beautiful thing to remember. It's a beautiful thing. It is. <laughs> no, it is, dude. That's True the gospel, man. Yeah. I got chills listening. That was, it's, you know, we think we, we just take for granted that mm-hmm. what Jesus did for us too often in really thinking about it. It's just like, it really does just make you emotional and really humble you down. It's wild. Yeah. It's wild, but it's also good. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. Powerful. Yeah. It's, it's all good. It's like, it's the amazing power is it's, what it is. It is. Exactly. It's powerful. Just remembering that that's going to, what's going to get me up tomorrow. And maybe that's what I should make get me up tomorrow every day, you know, renew your mind every day on the blessings, on who God is, on what he's doing, uh, on even in the waiting and everything, in anxiety, depression. But that's all we got for you guys today. 
uh, I think we'll probably talk about this more. I feel like there's more to it because specifically right now, uh, there, I forget what it was. Kaiser family foundation took a polling in America in March, like anxiety and depression. People were feeling that 30%. It's always, there been 30% like in America. That's like usually what the number is, but they took it again in July, I believe. And it was 52%, oh, wow. you know, that's half, half of all Americans. Dude. Right. So that's crazy. That's just wild. So it is a very prevalent thing. And I don't know just something to be talked about i have to run this back next week then huh hmm. i just think there's so much to talk about and it just i don't but know i know there's definitely things yeah that we could definitely get more, more into, in depth too. but especially yeah there's totally. the answer all right cool. part two next week part ducks i'm down okay that sounds good but uh that's all we have for you guys jared thanks for being here read your bible drink some water <laughs> tell some of you love them <laughs> that's just my takeaway no i love it yeah. jake thanks for being here yeah i love you only jared's was better. <laughs> just kidding i love you too jared and kaylee's kaylee's thank you for being here thank you i can't top what jared said thanks for you having can. me guys your presence is <laughs> i appreciate you guys this was awesome yeah this was great remember to reach out to your fellow human being mm-hmm. be uh somebody who opens that door to these conversations and live a life that reflects that of who God is and build intentional relationships. Yes. Cool? Amen. Preach. We'll see you guys later. We love you. Until next time.